I wish I had a glucose guardian. I don't even have a personal laptop. I'm recording this on my work laptop right now. <laughs> don't let that get out. That would be bad news. I feel like that's illegal. I had to I, like put this thing in my email that was like, this is all state property, like, and can be used in federal investigations. And then I was like, dang, I really use this for my personal emails. And it kind of scared me. So I started a personal email account. <laughs> I still use my work one, so. Oh, God. (laughs) I'm like, like, there's nothing bad. Like, if the government wanted to see, I'm sure they could see my other emails, too. So at the end of the day, (laughs) what's the worst that could happen? (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, imagine somebody files one of those requests, those freedom of information requests. (laughs) <laughs> for your I might do that now I'm gonna file <laughs> just so I can look at Please all of your emails do not honestly it's mostly me sending reminders to myself so it'll be like water plants in the subject and that's it so I feel like they're gonna have to go through like 18 million <laughs> emails and there might be like one with something that is like somehow not supposed to be on there but you know how many apps exist for reminders and you choose to send yourself an email something that is purely traceable and can be seen by other people I just don't care like and the apps I used to use the reminders on my phone and then I felt like it was inconsistent <laughs> I sound like one of those people who doesn't trust technology right now <laughs> you kind of do I'm not gonna lie I mean you are emailing yourself things to do Am I secretly 60 years old? Is that the problem? <sighs> On this episode of Lexi is a boomer. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I feel like maybe I should get one of those reminder apps, but I don't know if I trust them. So. Oh, God. But you trust your email. <laughs> no. Google, Google and Apple can have it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I should even be admitting this on the internet. Now I'm just giving them leverage to go in and try and find something. I wish we had an episode in this season about trust issues, not with your partner, (laughs) but with the government or technology. (laughs) On a scale of one to 10, how often do you think the government will raid your personal information? Hi, I'm Lexi. And I'm Lane. And this is My Therapist Told Me, the podcast where we unpack our lives and encourage you to do the same. Hey, Lexi. Hey, Lane. What's new? Uh, Not much, you know, just on the grind. What about you? Also on the grind, always the grind never stops, you know? The grind never stops. (laughs) Monster energy. (laughs) Could you imagine? That would be a good slogan for them, though. The work doesn't stop until you do. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that MLM slogan, isn't it? What MLM? 
I don't like all the MLMs where they're like this won't work unless you work which is how they basically trap people into a unfathomable scheme of capitalism where 99% of people lose their money which I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about MLM schemes so oh that's scary yeah I know they're bad don't sell air bond or whatever that tea is We're calling out MLMs on this podcast. Oh, no. Maybe we shouldn't mute it. I don't want them to come for me. (laughs) Blink twice if you need help, Lexi. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just bleep it out, okay? We'll just put a little bleep over it. (laughs) Lexi, how would you define a long-distance relationship? Like, what would constitute a relationship being classified as long-distance for you? Mm. Okay, I know this is very subjective because in my mind long distance is like if we're not within an hour driving distance of each other but that's just because like I don't want to put in the effort to drive more than an hour (laughs) 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 which I'm sorry but I I don't know I think the technical definition would probably be like I don't even want to say like across state borders because I feel like you could be several hours apart within a state so maybe it's just like three or more hours final answer oh I love that you are kind of close Mm -hmm. in the sense that the actual definition doesn't exist because it hasn't been heavily researched and thus the definition varies in every single place you look Mm. however some of the things you mentioned are key pieces to you know, what's consistent when you define a long distance relationship and that's geographic separation and limited opportunities to interact face to face. So the latter seems pretty straightforward. If you're in a long distance relationship, you're naturally going to have limited opportunities to interact face to face. That's just kind of like part of the game. Sure. The first, on the other hand, that geographic separation is where it gets a little bit trickier. Is it the next town over? Is it a certain period of time driving to one another? Is it by time zone or state lines? So that's Mm. where it gets a little murky. Yeah. But all of these are questions that change for each relationship, ultimately. Mm. Two couples in very similar geographic separation situations. So, you know, they could be living in the same towns, you know, eat one partner from each relationship could have completely different opportunities to see each other because of infrastructure or resources, like finances, who knows. But both still face that same level of separation and would technically be classified as a long-distance relationship. Hmm. Now, another question for you. Oh, no. What percent of college relationships are long-distance? Oh, man. I got to say like 15%. Oh, try 30 to 50% of I all college relationships. I am terrible at these questions. I need you to stop asking me them. Um, <laughs> 30 to 50 is what you said? Yes. Okay, but wait, how like how long are these relationships? Because I feel like everyone goes to college in a long distance relationship, but like they're not staying in them very long. Oh no, I fully hear you on that. And it, I don't know how long they last, but it does say that the earlier in college 
that a person is, the higher likelihood that they'll be in a long distance relationship. So like, so interesting. As you get older and like further into college, the likelihood drops significantly. Mm. But I guess for some people, high school sweethearts do exist. (laughs) How? (laughs) Sorry, good for you all. My parents are high school sweethearts, so that's sweet. Adorable. Yeah, I truly can't fathom if there is a single person I could have been with from high school that I could have lasted with to this point. Not even because of sexuality, but just because like (laughs) the people that I've was around and the people the person that I am today you know that's what I was gonna say I feel like I as an individual have changed so much that it would be like they're dating a whole new person which I don't know maybe they're into that but I guess that would be (laughs) that would be hard I feel like I feel like that's also where yeah if you grow so much as a person that that person also has to be growing alongside of you or be very supportive of that change or it would never work Agreed. Definitely. Well, you know my situationship with my now fiance. (laughs) Andrew and I were long distance for around a year and a half. We met, thought I'd never see him again. And then when we started dating, we were long distance. So we were working in different places the first summer that we were together. Then I was in school in Raleigh while he finished up his last year at school in Pennsylvania. That following summer, we did get to spend it together, but then we had to revert to long distance so I could finish up my last semester while he started working in New York. And then after a year and a half, we finally moved in together. But today... I want to focus on that time period that we were long distance. I will start by saying that as someone who admitted in the first episode that he had an anxious attachment style, (laughs) I want to be very clear for the record, long distance relationships and anxious attachment styles are not friends for the most part. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. It was never easy. I will be very honest and say there were... Lots and lots of moments that I would be constantly seeking validation and asking a thousand probing questions, as I can say in hindsight, would was probably very overbearing for Andrew. It was likely a burden. He wouldn't have admitted it, and he probably won't now, but I can only <laughs> imagine that it was a bit of a burden. All of that said, it's not that I didn't trust Andrew at that point in my life. It was just tough for me to not constantly have him around to provide that validation that face-to-face interactions give. Mm -hmm. I also feel like that can apply sometimes to friendships as well. I know we're talking specifically like romantic relationships, but I think it goes for any relationship that you have, that ability to see each other face-to-face and interact in person kind of gives you the validation in a relationship that you pretty much need, you know, to, to stay consistent. Yeah. So with Andrew and I, we were only seeing each other for a weekend or so at a time, usually once a month. We try to make the most out of the time we had together, but naturally as any person in a long distance relationship knows, it never feels like enough time. Mm. In between the times that we saw each other in person, we'd 
try to FaceTime and Snapchat and send memes and music and whatever we could just to stay connected, which I think really helped glue us together during that point, because though we might go literally all day without talking, we would be sending each other music or silly things only to recap it that night over FaceTime. Did you all FaceTime almost every night as a way to sort of make up for not being able to see each other? Like, did that help bridge the gap a little bit? I definitely think it did. Uh, We FaceTimed almost every single night, if not every single night. And Mm -hmm. it was just a way for us to know that we could go through the day, you know, send each other small things. But then Mm -hmm. at night we were talking as if we were side by side and recapping our day and, and talking about our life. And I think that kind of helped us feel a lot closer, even though we were so far apart. But I really like that approach because I think it helps you to stay present where you are during the day too. Like knowing that you're long distance and that you could ruminate over that or be stressed out by it or let it impact your daily status. Like I think that being able to be really present and focused during the day, but then carving out that intentional time at night to pretend almost that you're side by side I think that's a really healthy way to to navigate the long distance yeah it was definitely a big thing within our relationship I kind of knew that every night somewhere between 9 and 9 30 we talked for at least 30 minutes you know Mm -hmm. so it was it was really nice I was in therapy for the first bit of our relationship but at that point a lot of my conversations were focused around my family and school Andrew was a piece of my life that brought me so much joy that I'd never really thought about talking about our relationship in therapy. However, when I started back to therapy after moving to New York, I learned a lot of valuable lessons that I wish I would have known while we were long distance. Celine, what did your therapist tell you? Yeah, the biggest one, and this one applies to so many situations is to not be scared to communicate your needs Mm, go off we talked about this one before I feel like you and I drill it home but this is the one I didn't have the language for early on in our relationship I would write anything that I needed off as me being needy Mm. but ultimately there were things that I needed to help make me feel more secure. A simple example, I was big on Andrew texting me when he made it home safely, when he had a night out and vice versa. It was just something simple. That way I knew we were both safe. At first, I didn't tell him that I needed it. I just kind of expected him to do it. After he did it the first few times, I was like, oh, he knows what's going on. He knows the sitch. Mm -hmm. But then when it didn't happen, I was mad. I never told him. It was just an expectation that I had (laughs) built in my mind, but I was going to be mad if he didn't do it. But as soon as I told him why it was important to me and that I needed it from him, he just started doing it and it changed. And then I wasn't mad anymore. Oh my gosh. Can you believe I just told him what I needed? (laughs) (laughs) I just told him what I needed and he did it. And then I was happy. And so you're not needy in these situations. You just have to be communicative and upfront with whatever you are expecting from your partner who is Mm -hmm. long distance. Yeah, agreed. Because ultimately 
being in an LDR is tough work. And if you want it to work, you really have to find a way to communicate those needs and expectations. If you don't work for it, it won't work for you. <laughs> Are we back to the email list? Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know if that's what I said earlier, but it felt like it fit. So threw it in. Well, if an LDR is an example of an MLM, maybe. <laughs> We're saying like you buy too in. Many, yeah, too many acronyms here. Oh, well, everybody, you'll just have to catch on. Communicate your <laughs> needs to us in the comments. <laughs> Everyone's like, please stop using acronyms. We don't know what they mean. <laughs> the next thing that my therapist and I talked about was to find the ways that your partner brings you joy. And if necessary, the ways that your partner might not bring you joy. Ooh. And have a conversation about them. Mm-hmm. And I say this because I know it's a tough conversation, but if you can think of both the things that spark joy and the things that don't spark joy, mm. perhaps you can find a way to change all of that. So don't shy away from the things that matter most to you in your relationship. It will only strengthen your relationship in the long run. And if it doesn't, not to get all woo-woo like Lexi here, but yeah. maybe it just wasn't in the universe's cards. You know mm. what I mean? I do know what you mean. I think that this conversation is something that you and I both have gone through with our partners to be very honest about the things that are bringing joy and the things that you need change in order, you know, to not be weighing the relationship down. So have you had any experience in therapy with that, Lexi? Yeah, I mean, I think that these conversations are so important, but they're awkward to have with a significant other so something that is always helpful for me is to write down my thoughts or goals or plans ahead of time because it helps me to go in knowing that I know the points I'm trying to make so I don't get caught up in my emotions and forget to talk about certain things and I think something helpful for me is to come away from these sorts of conversations with a plan of action, because you can talk about these things all you want, but if you aren't committing to changing something or improving something, what good is it really doing? So I always like to have like an action item that we can reevaluate in a couple of months or whenever we feel like it's right to check back in on it. Oh, I love that. So that way you're not having the conversation just for the sake of having the conversation. Which sometimes is important, but if you're asking your partner to adapt, for instance, going back to your example, if you're asking your partner to text you when they go out or when they get back from going out, that is something that requires a physical change from them. And so if you're not instituting some sort of path forward, just having a conversation about it isn't going to be enough. Oh, Great point. Holding each other accountable. We love. Love. Is instituting a word or did I just make that up? Instituting? Yeah. That's definitely a word. Okay. To like institute change. Okay, great. Sometimes I whip things out from studying for the GRE seven years ago. (laughs) Seven years ago. It was like three. And I'm like, "Mm, I feel like I just sounded smart, but I don't know if that's a word. (laughs) You were studying for the GRE in your junior year of high school. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to grad school, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, you show up the day of the GRE and you're like, wait, this isn't the SAT. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only 16. My brain. <laughs> uh. So overall, long distance relationships aren't for everyone. And sometimes, on the other hand, the temporary separation only makes your relationship stronger. Mm. Ultimately, the message that I want to send here is that you either have to kind of accept one or the other, either that long distance relationships just aren't for you or working alongside your partner, you find the ways to make it work. Mm -hmm. And remember, therapy is always a great place to find ways to work through it. (laughs) The way you said that sounded like you were a politician, like, and therapy, everyone. (laughs) It's a great way to start. All I'm saying, if our politicians went to therapy, we might not be in the hellhole that we are in right now. Preach, preach. Any major takeaways or anything you want to share with the people, Lexi? Yeah, I love everything that you shared today. And... As a person who has never had a long distance relationship, I appreciate you saying that sometimes it's okay if it's a boundary that you want to set that you just don't want to do that. Like if you don't have, like we talked about the resources, whether that's time or finances or whatever it may be, I think it's totally valid to be like, this is just not something I'm willing to pursue at this point in time. And so I just appreciate you throwing that in there for those of us who cannot fathom driving every other weekend (laughs) to see a partner, which sounds selfish, but I feel like that takes away from the life that I've built here and like the friendships and the things that I have that make me really happy where I live right now. And so I guess if it was the most magical, perfect person ever, I would consider it, but I just don't think that's a type of relationship that I feel well-equipped to take on at this point in my life. Yeah, I think the operative piece of that too, right, is at this point in your life, like as of right now, you don't feel like it's something that you want to pursue. Mm-hmm. But who's not to say that changes? You well, know? it hasn't like... changed up until this point. So <laughs> I'd be a little shocked. I feel like it's sound really selfish right now. But like I... I really respect people like you would fly to Pennsylvania or to New York like that is such a commitment I cannot imagine making that level of commitment like every other weekend or once a month or whatever it may be that just feels huge to me yeah it definitely is and just to be fair Andrew also did put in the work as well and like reciprocated with that and so it's definitely hard to believe that that's what we were doing for so long (laughs) but yeah in hindsight I think that we just both kind of knew that's what we needed to do to make it work and we were committed to making it work you know which is why we had those multiple times like awkward conversations about what we needed from each other right yeah I guess if it's like your soulmate in the love of your life it's like there what's a plane ride every month you know (laughs) well let me tell you a plane ride that connects through Washington DC every single time (laughs) that's true love that's real true love that is all right any final words Lex 
Oh, good luck with the relationships, people. I feel like anyone in any sort of relationship whatsoever needs to go to therapy. So that's my hot take. Absolutely. And we're getting close to Valentine's Day, which means that you might start having some feelings. (laughs) And in that case, go to therapy. Go to therapy. We'll see y'all there. Bye, y'all.